We made the record uh, primarily between three studios. Is that our drummer Jason McGurr has a place in Seattle called Two Sticks Audio. Right. Um, we did a good bit of it there. Uh, we did some at a place called Tiny Telephone in San Francisco, um, which I've done a bunch of stuff at for years now. I really like that place. And right. then um, a place in Seattle called uh, Robert Lang. And right. then I mixed the whole thing in my house in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire record was tape. So, I mean, I've been doing uh, records in Radar for a couple of years now. Right. And I really enjoy Radar, but um, I don't have the discipline to not... I mean, even in Radar, which is a relatively linear format among non-linear computer world kind of formats, um, I've, I just... <laughs> I get lost. I have to make decisions while we're tracking, or I just lose focus. I just lose the plot, I feel like. Sure. <laughs> so, um... I mean, it's it's really not a matter of, like, one's better than the other or one sounds better than the other or whatever. Like, clearly people are making beautiful, great-sounding records in all sorts of digital formats, but I'm just not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so the, uh, it was really nice to move back to tape. I mean, every everything that... Um, everything the band has ever done, save for Plants, the last record was done on tape. And it's, you know, it's it's just, it's what I know the best. It's what I'm the most familiar with. The majority of the record was tracked live, actually. And there's a few songs where it's really, really live. Like, I mean, with Talking Bird, that's the four of us playing together, and there's one guitar overdub, and that's it. Right, cool. Um, like the vocals off the floor and everything, which is super exciting. Like, I love that stuff. Uh, there were a couple of things that happened with plans that were unusual. I mean, that, that's, I think that that record is sort of more the anomaly in the catalog than this one, in a way. Right. Um, ben wrote all of those songs on the piano and with his uh, little, like, home Pro Tools rig. Right, okay. Like, it's sort of a, a cut-and-paste sort of thing from from the very get-go, like from the from the writing process forward. Right, sure. And to take that and try and turn all of that into, um, you know, to try and turn all of that into a record that a rock band plays was really weird. Right, and, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of it worked out really well. I feel like some of it didn't work out super well. It was sort of more... A couple spots where it was more experiments than results, in a way. Right. Because <clears throat> um, I think so listening to the new record, it kind of more uh, puts me in mind of, um, you know, more like sort of the photo album, that type of era, you know. That, that yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's, I mean, and the biggest, you know, again, the biggest thing is that these are guitar songs. Like, Ben wrote them all on the guitar. There were no um, cut-and-paste compositions to speak of. Like, right. they're all songs that you can play from beginning to end on a guitar. Sure. And which you know, I suppose you know naturally translates better to an analog uh, recording process. Yes, you know? definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right. So, what what kind of gear were you guys using in terms of the um, the amps and uh, the, you know board effects and things like that? Um, let's see. Like on the instrument side. Or well, yeah, instruments, amps, whatever. You know, anything interesting <coughs> at all, really. Oh, okay. Um, 
<laughs> well, I ended up leaning really hard on, um, you know, a couple of standbys that I've had for years and years. Like, I've got this old Supra, uh, really old Supra that I totally love. Right. Um, that just does a thing that you, I mean, it just makes everything sound like a Led Zeppelin record, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's always fun. Uh, so that and the um, the Tiny Terror, the little orange. Oh, right, yeah, they're great, actually, aren't they? Okay, actually. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty great. Um, our guitar tech, Jesse, uh, modified the front end just a tiny bit. Right. Um, and it sort of opened the thing up a little more, which I really dig. So that, and then uh, I've got a 64 Tremolux that we that we tracked a lot of the a lot of the guitars and actually a lot of the bass with too. Oh right, cool. Yeah. Um uh and Amplice, that's sort of the um that's the core of what we did with amps. Right. Yeah. Oh and then also actually our guitar tech Jesse uh built an amp that we used a bunch. This little like one knob uh six V six kind of circuit. Oh cool. So so a couple of like kind of weirdo one-off things as well. And then as far as guitars, um, I lean. What did I lean on for this record? I guess I lean on. Um, I've got a. I've got a. Um, one of those 52 reissue uh, Telecasters that I bought like right, six yeah. or seven re- uh, six or seven years ago. Yeah. But I pulled both the pickups out of it and dropped um, harmonic design pickups in it. So it's got a harmonic design. It's it's a it's a P90, but it's like a single coil space for the tailpiece. Right. Okay. And that got used on virtually every song, right, at okay. least once. Um, that uh, Ben's got a GNL ASAT that we used a bunch, um, and that's the same guitar that he plays on stage. My '62 uh, SG Junior. Okay. Cool. The other one. So that's sort of the. That's the amp and guitar lowdown. Uh, this is all about 57s and 58s. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, like, sort of all over everything. I mean, there's some hi-fi shit here and there, but, like, it's there's more than a couple of songs where there's, like, seven 57s on the drum kit, and then there's, like, a B112 in the kick drum or something. Right, sure. Like, just a lot of weird, you know, stuff like that. And that all sort of happened because I felt like I was wanting to turn up 3K, like, all the time in Jason's studio. Right. And I sort of started to feel like, well, fuck, why don't we just put a microphone there that sort of does that? So, sure, yeah, because it's got that natural sort of spike to it anyway. Yeah, it? totally. Yeah. So, yeah, so just sort of getting all that, um, all that kind of thing. One of the things we did do on this record that was, like, if there was a signature sort of cornerstone... Um, thing for the record, particularly the drums. Um, yet again, our guitar tech Jesse brought in this um, uh, this old little uh, tube. I think it's a PA mixer. Right. Okay. Um, it's um, a MagnaSync, and it's like three microphone level ins, and then one uh, line level in, and then a line level out. Right. Cool. And we. Um, like whatever mics I had on the uh, toms and the snare and the kick drum, I taped a second set of mics to, like physically taped a second set of mics to and sent them to the MagnaSync. Right. And then set levels on those and sent them back to tape. And that's 
that had its own track, just everything sort of summed on the fly. And that's like the sound of, you know, I Will Possess Your Heart and Long Division. And, right, sure. Um, those are the two where it really sticks out. But, yeah, that was a, I don't know, that was sort of the thing that everybody got really into. So I, I think you said earlier that you um, you sort of ended up using some sort of vocal takes that you would track live with the band as well. So were you just, oh, yeah. were you just using sort of um, 58s for vocals as well? Or was um, it kind of better... No, well, there's, let's see, there's one 58 vocal on, no, we redid that, I'm sorry, there's not a 58 vocal. Right. The, um, the ones that we got off the floor were all, uh, Cam 105s, that Neumann, like, stage mic. Right, sure, yeah, cool. Yeah, I did a lot of, um, uh, on my solo record, Warren Livesey, the guy who co-produced that record with me, turned me onto that mic, and we went through a whole you know shooting match with microphones and I've got a really like funny weird nasal squeaky little voice and it's it didn't feel like any of the super hi-fi mics were really that cool but like I loved singing into that mic and right. I remember just feeling like a fucking genius every time I stepped up to it right and I I don't know like I gave it to Ben sort of not wondering you know not knowing if it would work for him sonically yeah but he kind of had it feels to me like he had the same reaction to it that i did when i was singing into it like it just it's such a flattering microphone for the singer i think yeah some fantastic up, vocal sounds on the record yeah actually. totally really, really like nice. you end up getting some really like cool performances just because the singer is really into it so and it sounds good too so cool so with uh, like Talking Bird and I Will Possess Your Heart and what's the other one where we got the vocal off the floor? Anyway, those are all um, Cam 105. Right, cool. Yeah, and that's through, uh, what's the pre that we would have used with that? That's the Vintec, the um, 473, and then the compressor, it's a, a Verimu and compress, like a manly Verimu, just slowing it down. Right. And then limited pretty hard after that with a distressor. But, um, for this record, he ended up using a. Um, more often than not, he was using a uh, a Mike Lull T bass. Right. Yeah. Uh, but with flat wounds on it. Okay. Yeah, and then we went back and forth between, like I guess half the record was done with my Tremolux. Um, like in a 210, like a just fully a guitar rig. Yeah. And then the other half of it was done with uh, an Ashdown. So is there anything, when, when you're using the, the Tremolux, is there anything you do to kind of bring out the more of the bottom end? or? Well, the um, we tracked uh, we tracked everything with um, uh, uh, one of the Summit DIs as well. Right, okay. So, that so like when the Tremolux... Um, when the tremolo, you know, actually, it, actually the bottom of the tremolex is pretty cool though. Yeah. Even so, yeah. But um, like I, when we were using the tremolex, we used it mostly for growl, and then got the bottom with the um, with the di, with the di, yeah. And then I, I, we, I committed everything to one track. Like we just decided on the di amp balance on the way in, and just ran with it, just because I didn't feel like. 
you know, it's that decision thing. It's like you just commit to it, and like that's your thing. So. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's you know that that's the way that records w- were always made. You know. Yeah. Before. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's not that complicated. Like yeah, you, you plug just, it in and make it sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because you're kind of forced into making decisions, so you have to get it right in the first place. I guess, right. Right. So I just you know. don't. I don't have the patience to like change everything all the time for the entire process of a whole record (laughs) like uh, just deferring decisions forever and ever is so hard oh there is one other thing um on you can do better than me the bass uh amp on that is the tiny terror oh right cool yeah that's a killer bass amp people love to do the wrong thing with the orange amps like um uh matt sharp from you know used to be in weezer yeah sure yeah like he, I recorded him this last year on the Tegan and Sarah record, and he's got a Matt amp, and it's, I mean, it's definitely like a guitar amp, yeah. and that's his bass amp. Like he plugged in his jazz bass and turned it on, and it sounded like Pinkerton. It was amazing.